Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show with Nancy Hopkins, Walt Silva, and Dolly Howard. This is a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Turn away from disaster, horizon side. Choose your heart as a master. Okay, the problem was is I had my mic off. Hi, Dolly. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but it were good. Hi, now. Nancy. I wasn't hearing anything, but I didn't want to screw things up for you. So. I know, but you weren't <laughs> saying anything back to me, and I was saying, Dolly, Dolly. Of course, nobody was hearing anything, and and apparently Walt's not here. I don't know. I don't Walter, are you I don't here? See him here. Oh wow. No, Hi, boys doing? and girls out there and listening late. And where are we at in Radio Land? Let We're me... on Earth. <laughs> you and I are in Florida. We're in Florida. <laughs> yes, we are. And, oh, my gosh. I've got so many things. Okay, well. I thought I'd turn this off. I don't know how to make it go off, Nancy. Um, Walter, we're doing radio. Where are you? Question mark, question mark. Oh, uh, let's see what happens. Gee, uh, what was your problem now? I didn't know how to make my phone, the volume, go off. I And Sherry was not Skyping me. She was... Talking to me on typing. Okay. See, it's dinging. I'm just going to turn the whole damn thing off. Maybe. Oh, you mean the it's chat room? Is no, I mean my telephone. Oh, don't ask oh. me about the telephone. I, I don't Power even know off. about the chat room. Where's Walter? All right, I turned the phone off. Okay. So, um... Feather says, I am in New Hampshire. Say goodbye to the United States. That must be a Biden state. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know. England. She says, no, Ireland. Joan says, hello, Dolly and Nancy in Florida land. From Ireland land. Land. She must have been from Ireland land here. Uh, Um... I'm trying to say, okay, I caught us up with the chat room. So, let's go on with, and just see if Walt comes in. And, uh, so, welcome to election night on our on our radio show, y'all. I haven't been panicking at all today. In fact, Annette and I have been spending the day together and watching shows that we making shows that we tape and and building shows that we like to watch where they build houses or redo houses uh, so I don't know I have I just now turned the TV on Do you, have you been watching Nancy no I have not been watching huh. so, so here we got nobody that's been watching to find out who's winning or not winning well, I don't think we're really going to know that in, really, for a week. 
Uh, I mean, officially. I know in Dolly World, Trump has won. You look at all those crowds at his uh, rallies. How, How could he not have won? And then look at the seven cars that Biden may have on a good night honking their horns. (laughs) I swear it was his staff who was in cars honking horns. (laughs) But what do I know? (laughs) It just seemed absolutely insane to me. Uh, First polls closing in under one hour. So we'll know more in the second hour, I guess. Well, it's kind of disconcerting that Walter's not here. Well, did you try calling him? I didn't try calling him. I tried messaging him. You know, but maybe he doesn't know there's been a time change. (gasps) Yes! But wouldn't that mean that he would already think that the show should have started? Oh, yeah, because we fall behind. Fall behind, spring ahead. Fall Uh behind... So rather than 6 o'clock, it would be 5 o'clock. And it's going to be so weird to call him because I have so many different <laughs> Walter things because of the when he was in the hospital. The new yeah. Walter number, the old Walter number, the mother's Walter number. I mean, it's like, oh, good Lord, oh. and there's a whole bunch of them here. I'm going to try that one. Let me look one. on my... Oh, well, I turned my phone off. <laughs> that, just that's all right. I've, I've messaged him, and he's got the little diamond thing that normally means it's him. We'll see what oh, he says. Okay. Sure hope he answers. Yeah. Hope nothing's wrong. Hello? Hello? You know you're supposed to be on radio? Yeah, I sent you a note excusing myself. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, you're all right? You're just not feeling good? Yeah. No, the the problem was that I, I thought they were going to come earlier, but the, the two, the two uh, sofa chairs were being delivered today on top of the hour, so the best thing to do is to skip the show and then take care of the chairs. Oh, okay. All right, okay. Just so that you're all right. Sorry about All right. Yeah. Okay. Say hi to Dolly. All right. Well, you're live on the radio right now, so you can say hi. Say hi. I'm sorry. Hi, Dolly. Hi, Walter. Sorry about skipping the show today. (laughs) She says hello to you. You can't hear her. Tell him, just take care of your Uh, chairs. Yep, take care of your chairs, she's saying. All right, darling. Bye-bye. Take care. Okay, that was weird. Yeah, he didn't sound so good to start with, and it scared me. But he's just taking care of chairs. Okay, so um, we could be really lame because neither of us know what the hell is happening here, and uh, people are probably wanting to know, but we don't know. And in in reality, we won't know anything until um, 7 o'clock because that's when some of the polls start. To, to close, is that right? Yeah. Uh, uh, let me see what the polls closing soon in Battleground, Georgia. 
and they have polls closing in an hour, and, and then they took it away, and I don't know where they were. Well, mm. um, <laughs> so we really, we really don't know what's happening, but... This is, this is, you know, sci-fi. This is reality sci-fi. So why don't we try to play something that was sent to me just, to, you know, just before the last show started up. And the reason that I'm intrigued by it is because it is by um, Millennia Millie. And she's the guy, she is one of the, the girls that was with... Um, Oh, crap. Now I can't think of his name again. The kind of crazy conservative guy, uh, not Rush Limbaugh, but uh, Alex Jones' character in his yeah. show. And she just posted this thing. Okay. Um, she just posted this thing 20 hours ago. And it's all, it's got a, a quarter of a million views already. And I find it odd that she's posted this because the subject matter is election night coup d'etat plot exposed. And oh. she's still up. Okay. Now, she is, she's one of these people that uh, has been very active and very vocal in conspiracy, uh, really edgy, a lot of time conspiracy. And she just, she was arrested a while back, Dolly. I think really? we, yeah, we, I, we talked about it. And she, they just came into her house and arrested her and her husband on grand theft. And it turns out to be, uh, her mother got mad at her or something. And, you know, it was just also bogus. But what I found very interesting was that she was just, the charges were just dropped like within the last couple of weeks. So they've been in jail until the last couple of weeks? No, probably not in jail, but certainly in legal problems. And uh, Mm -hmm. so now she's stepping back out there because the reason that we looked like she was getting um, picked up at the time that it happened because it was such a bogus charges was that the the particular uh, date that this, this all happened, she had premiered a new documentary. I don't even remember what the subject was, but I probably wouldn't want to say it. I might get banned just yeah, by saying really. whatever it was, you know. Um, so, um, and that that did go out, as a matter of fact, because other people had it, and they just put it out there, you know. I think it was supposed to, I don't know. But anyway, so, um, but but it's, it's 34 minutes, so we can just play that and see what she, you know, she says here. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. Might as well do it. Now, let me just see if I can pull everything up correctly. And that would be... I don't think the people... You who are here in the chat room, you don't mind listening to that kind of tape, do you? Well, we'll get answers in a few minutes when it's playing. (laughs) Well... Down on the 4th or the 5th. Regardless of who wins, the left plans to take over. 
our undercover inside the Sunrise Movement was able to obtain exclusive video footage inside Zoom chats where shutdown DC, BLM, and other leftist organizations are coordinating a multi-level coup action exercise utilizing insider help from Democrat Party members. That's what an abolitionist world looks like as well as federal employees and intelligence contractors. Let's talk about what actions and decisions are in your immediate sphere of influence as um, somebody who works in the government. I think making sure that we're naming what is happening as a coup in mm-hmm. every language um, and communications with coworkers will be really important. Yeah. Um, totally agreed in the shutdown BC conversations that I've been having and that's not on the federal side. We um, also are often saying, like, call it a coup. It's a coup. Don't let anyone tell you it's not. The video you're about to see should concern every American, regardless of whatever their political affiliation is. What we've uncovered here has been vetted by high-level analysts and seasoned journalists. Given the nature and sensitivity of this information, we have already sent it off to government officials and law enforcement authorities so that they can be ready and prepared for whatever happens next. Disruption. If you're on this call, you might be inclined to like that working group. Disruption is all about the smaller actions that can make up our movement. So they're about connecting people to affinity groups and then thinking through how do we take action to actually disrupt business as usual. Who's involved and to what extent, we don't know. But what we do know is that our insider inside the Sunrise Movement and other radical organizations was able to give us recordings of Zoom chat meetings involving shutdown DC. So-called peaceful protesters and outside agitators, including members of the Democrat Party, federal employees, and government contractors are coordinating street actions with intergovernmental involvement. Black Lives Matter, Shut Down DC, the Sunrise Movement, Antifa factions, and many, many more are involved. They call themselves affinity groups, and they coordinate their compartmentalized actions together. In one meeting, they are discussing and training for high-risk actions. I really want to hear from uh, Shut It Down DC about this. Um, do you ha- do we have any plans for how to respond if there's a coup? Kiki Green, the co-founder of Black Lives Matter DMV DC, and a trainer with Momentum. In this Zoom chat, the leadership from several far-left organizations can be seen talking about their plans. Um, yeah, we we uh, um, have been in uh, dis- you know discussion for a couple months about uh, how to respond to different contested election scenarios. First step is that we we think that we need to start the the post-election phase in the streets. Helen, what's up? Yeah, we, we need you to stop talking now. Patrick Young is one of the main organizers for Shutdown DC who participated in training sessions for the Sunrise Movement where they, as the Wide Awakes, planned to protest outside Lindsey Graham's house. We are going to Senator Lindsey Graham's house um, at 6 a.m. We'll be there from 6 to 8 with Sunrise DC. Good morning, Lindsey! 
We reported about this planned event prior to it happening by obtaining a recording of their training session. Our information was able to get law enforcement on the scene to keep the agitators from vandalizing and breaking into the senator's home. This is why when we received this footage and all the surrounding documentation and further investigation into the participants, we knew to take this serious. I heard someone in the chat talking about revolution time. Um, and so I encourage, you know, for all of us to be fighting for revolution before today, today, tomorrow, afterwards. In another meeting, they are scheduling their plan of action between election night and inauguration. So we're inviting people to come to BLM Plaza um, anytime after 4 p.m. on election night. And um, we're going to watch what's going on together. They reveal a massive and ambitious plan of taking over the White House, Washington, D.C. in general, and shutting down Congress. On the 5th, we're going to uh, shut down the White House. So let's say we want to shut down the White House and make sure nobody goes in and out, right? We would need to have map the White House and know every access point so we knew we could blockade it. But then we would need more people to support that. So we might say Black Lives Matter Plaza and... Uh, the African-American Museum on the Mall Constitution, a two-public assembly site, so we can quickly move large numbers into zones of potential conflict. So we're talking about what would it take to surround the White House and have people do stuff. We can divide it up easily with affinity groups. On the 6th, we're going to shut down uh, larger parts of Washington, D.C. Congress is planning on coming to town and passing laws again and like having business as usual. And we're saying there's if, if we're in a coup, there's no time for business as usual. Is there a scenario that might play out that would cause us to all go and shut down an airport? Members of Congress that are coming in, um, we're going to meet them at the airports or at Union Station um, and send them back to where they came from until we deal with the, the situation that we're in. We're going to see potential fighting all over the country or in some hot spots. Right, We've already seen that. And so how do we work together across the country to help support each other no matter where we are and to, to um, maximize our impact by doing similar things on similar days at similar time? We have to be willing to put our bodies on the line and take on some discomfort, sacrifice, risk in order to change things. So again, chaos is a soup by which change emerges. Let's get cooking. If there should be a coup, we should be clear, like, it's got to go. Trump's got to go. In order to achieve what they did, they knew they had to take over important government buildings. I think we don't have a lot of experience taking over government buildings. And we might need to think about that. And I know, as I, you know, I said earlier how, you know, we may find ourselves in the streets with people with different tactics than ours. But, like, there may be some people that are willing to break the windows to get into the government buildings. Like, if that's what we need to do, then we shouldn't fight about that. Let's do that. Let's take over the buildings. War has got fighting. And then knowing that if some of the other folks emerge that are going to fight back, that we need to stay out of their way. We might need to figure out in advance how to build some agreements and if there are people that are willing to put their body between the white militia 
and a bunch of people that are mobilized. I want to do nothing other than support them, have their back. You know, you can also stick, right, so this is like disabling vehicles, taking action against property, especially property that's designed to hurt us, is violence. I think it's smart sometimes. I think spray painting cameras that are security cameras trying to track us could be smart. And I don't say this because I think that anyone of us wants to go out and get killed. I don't want to get killed. Nobody wants to get killed. Yeah. And so part of what we learn is it like if, 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 if you're escalating and I escalate, we're going to go like this. Lisa Fithian is a National Steering Committee member of United for Peace and Justice, a coalition of over 1,000 local and national groups and member of the national team of Extinction Rebellion. I am someone that has had to sort of rethink my own orientation to nonviolence over the years because we're, we're, when we enter a moment where we are now where you have armed militia uh, that have shot and killed people that are threatening to arm up more guns have been sold in this country in the past period than lord knows how many where people use their cars to drive into people when I think about what, what, what we may face I say to myself we are way out of our league and I've been in conversations where people have never thought about having a gun or like, should I have a gun? And I'm going to talk a little bit in a few minutes about what do we do when guns are in the mix. Lisa Fithian is described by Mother Jones as the nation's best known protest consultant. Is it coming out of college? I worked with Abby Hoffman uh, in upstate New York, up on the St. Lawrence River, where I first started doing environmental work. She credits the Youth International Party organizer, Abby Hoffman, as a mentor. I could hold you off forever just by using uh, uh, theatrical techniques. And the press is wireistic, and they're going to eat that goddamn thing up. And you look in Time Magazine, man, and there it is. He was arrested and indicted for conspiracy to incite a riot at the 1968 Democrat convention as part of the agitation group known as the Chicago Eight. Understand that when we say we're going to go do something, like we're going to shut that down, we are setting in motion a chain of reaction where the state then begins to embolden itself and shut itself down. Again, that's what we saw in Seattle as well, right? So um, we have to understand that we are trying to get them to do certain things, and whether we shut it down or they shut it down, it doesn't matter as long as it's shut down. Her involvement in this training session indicates the level of sophisticated organization and seriousness behind this operation. There's another website that we're looking at uh, that maps critical infrastructure. Um, so again, I think to myself, if we're in a coup situation and, the, and we're under attack and under fire, how do we in the safest way possible start chipping away at the systems and infrastructure they need to maintain power. You know, some of the stuff that shutdown DC is doing, some of the ways we're thinking about this that could be replicated in cities across the country. We've been working on a target map and a framework for scenario. Um, and we used software car called uh, ArcGIS. If you have a um, university... Uh, affiliation um, or somebody in your group does, you can probably get this for free. Otherwise, you can get it for not very much. Um, but what's cool about this is we're able to pull in other, like, other public data sets. So in the purple, we have all the military uh, um, properties uh, in, in D.C. Um, and then uh, the nice folks from the 
uh, the District of Columbia's city, gover- uh, city government um, have made available uh, transportation infrastructure maps and all sorts of other things. This map gives these organizations tools that can provide situational awareness, enabling users to make accurate, informed decisions based on current or planned activities, all accessible on their computers and phones. So we began to put together a list of things we want to know about in the city. So where are all the police stations? Because it's good to know where the police are. Where are all the key government buildings? Where are all the media outlets? Who are the Trump boosters? We may decide we need to talk with Trump boosters. So where are they? Lisa um, and some, some other folks came up with a great list of uh, the folks that we you know, might want to go have conversations with. And you know, we have them in categories. The list of names they are referring to is very interesting. There is a website that caught attention having names and home addresses of donors from both parties and independents. Let's say there's a narrow Trump victory. We might have to pivot. And at that point, we might need to say, we need to target the Democrats and make sure Biden does not concede. Or maybe it's a narrow Biden victory and Trump is not conceding, maybe it's targeting Republicans and telling them it's time to get him to go, right? So we're thinking through the different scenarios and what might be the appropriate targets and then actions based on that so that people can start organizing and getting ahead of it. They even have a tactical map provided by Esri, which is used by NASA, NGA, USGS, FEMA, etc., With that information integrated into their interactive tactical map, they would have a common operations perspective for command and control of information and kinetic actions, a.k.a. a war. We're facing an administration and a potential coup and a potential insurrection where um, efforts to criminalize us are going to be even greater. Understanding that everything that we're doing now in this moment is laying the groundwork for what is going to come. Is there going to be a war? Are people going to get killed? Like, is that on anybody else's mind? I'm guessing it is. They have amassed relevant data from the D.C. Metropolitan Police Department, the D.C. Hospital Association, Fire and Emergency Medical Services. When we zoom a little bit closer... Um, we, we can take a look at, um, here, here's a version of it where in the, you know, we're seeing live traffic here, um, and then where there are road closures. Geographic information, transportation, traffic, and infrastructure, spatial data systems, etc. And then if we go, uh, even further in, um, we've got, uh, super high resolution. This is once again, um, uh, a uh, courtesy of the, the District of Columbia, super high resolution, better than on um, Google Maps, aerial photography of uh, Washington, D.C. We showed this map to experts in military information operations and counterterrorism, and they were very concerned that this group had this map. We may decide that we want to go talk to the media. Um, so where are they? We might have to, like, take over a TV station. 
right? Maybe we're taking over the local TV station and getting airtime to put out a call for people to come join us. I know that sounds crazy. I've always wanted to do it, though. So we're talking about what would it take to surround the White House and have people do stuff. We can divide it up easily with affinity groups. So I want to encourage people to think about who's got the power in your community, map the power, map the opportunities, then look at it strategically and begin thinking about who you would want to engage based on the scenario that's happening. So for us, that might mean looking at blocking the bridges and main thoroughfares coming into the city to kind of shut the city down. Are these people preparing for a war? Right now, a bunch of the folks that I work with, we're ordering gas masks. I know people that are buying Kevlar vests. Again, we didn't cause the war. We didn't ask for this war. Many of us are here because we want to fight it. We want something different. I have been in situations with live ammunition in more than one one time. What are we willing to do? Right? Because again, we're not dealing with people with just simple guns. We're dealing with people with AR, you know, AK-47s, multiple rounds, a lot of shootings. So, um, yeah, we are going to be in a crisis, but we want it to be one that we are creating. We want to make sure that we are on the offense and not the defense. We want them to be responding to us and us not responding to them. Between her, Patrick Young, and the other organizations they are involved with, we should expect to witness a serious attempt to execute their plan. However, one must ask, what else could be at stake? This radical organization, Shutdown DC, hosts a workshop for federal employees to utilize them in their official capacity to participate in their coup action plan. I've been a federal employee in a couple of different services uh, for about 28 years, and I work in the national security community. My name is Laura Adams, and I'm a member of Democracy Kitchen, one of the groups that's putting this uh, workshop together. I worked for about uh, four years for USAID. Laura Adams is currently Senior Director for Strategy, Development and Learning at Freedom House in Washington, D.C., and worked for USAID for almost three years in the Human Rights and Governance DRG sector in the formulation of USAID strategies, programs and training. Yes, thank you. Laura and Maria, that was really excellent. Thank you so much for that presentation. I I have to say, as an attorney in the federal government, um, I I am finding the chat uh, suggestions very interesting, and I just do want to remind people that we lose our status as federal employees if we strike. Sarah Starrett is currently a federal attorney for the U.S. Department of Labor and has been for nearly 13 years. What does it look like in practical terms to put you know, uh, to slow the gears down in some ways or another. At, at, at the Department of Labor, it, it takes the form of um, several rounds of the cost-benefit analysis for a new regulation. And when um, when the numbers were, when people were cheating on the numbers, uh, a copy of that draft got leaked uh, to the Data Labor Report, and it got published, and it got sent to a congressperson. And the Office of Inspector General opened an investigation on who was cheating on the numbers. Um, so again, that's sort of a combination of tactics. It's 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 making really good paper trail. It's making sure that that document got out to someone who could make use of it, and then Congress getting the Office of Inspector General involved. It's it was really a way to 
stop that thing just in its tracks, and it, it worked really well. Federal employee myself, really happy to bring this here. We will be dropping links in the chat for the federal guide that you can refer to for more information after this workshop is over, and please do share that widely. That makes this medium incredibly subversive. Nadine Block, who worked with the Direct Action Network and Ruckus Society, partners with affinity groups associated with Momentum, the organization behind Black Lives Matter and the Sunrise Movement. But whether or not you do a misdemeanor or an infraction on federal property or on public property um, really doesn't affect uh, most of the jobs uh, that you would be considered for, just, just as a sideline note. Yeah, okay. as an attorney, I think I'm a, we're highly, uh, you know, that's one of the things we have to be careful about. My name is Laura. I am also a, um, a federal contractor rather than a federal employee. I spent three and a half years um, as a contractor at DHS HQ. My name is Maddie Salzman. Um, I'm a management and programs analyst uh, in a federal agency. Madeline Salzman has been a project manager at the U.S. Department of Energy for more than five years. We're in roles of power. We set and enforce rules. We hold people accountable to social norms. I um, have worked in the U.S. government. I worked in the State Department for over five years. Maria J. Steffen worked at the Department of Defense Bureau of Conflict and Stabilization Operations and at NATO headquarters. Um, and I'm currently now on a leave of absence uh, from my job to focus on our domestic uh, democracy and peacebuilding work. So I'm going to be bringing to bear perspectives both as an ac academic um, and as someone who has served um, as a public servant in U.S. government. Co-author of Why Civil Resistance Works, part of Columbia University's studies in terrorism and irregular warfare. She was also doing what appears to be military information support operations for Kiev Post, a publication everyone thinks is a CIA newspaper, during the U.S.-backed uprising in Ukraine. She is also a former senior fellow for the Atlantic Council as an expert on Ukraine and the logic of civil resistance. Rallies, marches, methods of non-cooperation. If anyone here is an expert on irregular warfare and mobilizing resistance movements, Stefan is. Really, it's about how you all as uh, federal workers can be the penultimate public servants at a time when our country needs you the most. President Harry S. Truman famously said, I thought I was the president, but when it comes to these bureaucrats, I can't do a damn thing. There are definitely a lot of different go slow tactics. And I think, you know, um, this is also an area where, um, you know, folks on the outside, so private citizens, those um, in groups on the outside, being able to show uh, solidarity with federal workers and, and um, you know, civil servants is particularly important during this moment. Bureaucracy is a really powerful pillar. And, you know, federal workers have unparalleled familiarity with the bureaucratic process. 
They know how to speed things up. They know how to slow them down. They have access to critical information about policies that are being considered and implemented. They can participate in internal decision making. They can provide or deny knowledge and expertise that those um, at the top of the bureaucratic uh, totem pole need. And another active commission, albeit highly um, you know, risky, and there are a number of um, uh, great downsides, is leaking. So leaking information about pen or actual policies with journalists, with activists, influential people on the outside. Um, but this, you know, really uh, should be used very judiciously only on truly significant matters um, because most disclosures outside of formal internal whistleblowing are at minimum a violation of contractual duty and they may put leakers um, at significant legal risk. Uh, connecting with civic groups and organizations on the outside and having frank and honest conversations with them. And when you think about it, the legal support and advocacy work of civil society organizations could come in really in handy, um, you know, if and when you have to take certain actions on the inside. And I will pass it to uh, Comrade Locke. This alleged federal employee admits to leaking government information to the media and encourages others to do so as well. I'm a federal employee for almost five years now. I just recommend everyone who works in the federal government, if you read the mainstream press, like who is covering your agency, who is working for ProPublica, who is working for Politico, um, they all have signal accounts. Text them, leak everything you can, save your emails, record. I record these meetings, I send it over. I, and I can't believe I'm showing my face here. But I've been doing this for months. And if you do have to write something, write something with really crappy, you know, just unintelligible, ungrammatical language (laughs) to just make them look terrible. And it will look like something that comes from this administration anyway. But the journalists I've dealt with have been super ethical in ways to shield me. Okay. Meaning to be the source of the leaks. He even claims that he will be part of Biden's transition team if Biden wins. If there's a Biden win next week, um, there's going to be a transition team coming in. And uh, I think I'm going to be spending a lot of time working with them. Some would argue that these people represent the fringe and are not to be taken serious. However, when you see the caliber of leadership, organization, tactical operations capabilities, and military intelligence experts all working together in unison, this has the ingredients to overthrow an elected government and install a puppet regime, a parallel government that they have ready in waiting. Say you have two narratives happening simultaneously. There's the existing Trump appointees saying there is no transition team because there's no transition, it's a continuation. Then you have Trump side or Biden side saying, um, I won and my team is coming to the doors. We can make those determinations ourselves. We, you know, they say you're gonna use your email account and we're gonna start and we're like I don't know, we're like the Lithuanian government in exile or something. We're going to, that we're going to start working with that. 
They make it clear that if they can get enough federal employees to go along with their plans, they can choose who takes control of the government by simply doing the bidding of the usurpation of power on behalf of the Biden campaign. We, we get to choose who the leader is, um, and I don't know what risk that puts on you, and, and I'm not a Fed again, so I don't want to like put you in a weird situation, but like, I think that is a point where you and your team and your supervisors and those um, non-appointee, like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, what's the, the term? Uh, career career staff can actually decide like well according to our understanding Biden won and therefore we are listening to his appointees and his transition team um, and that's obviously going to be on your uh, your thoughts there even Lisa Fithian makes it clear that these groups all work together inside government outside government the more radical and the more moderate so many of the institutions the nonprofits the community-based organizations the labor unions um, are all see themselves as part of that Democratic Party machine they all work on a hierarchical model but I want to always make sure that we're working intentionally inside and outside because again it's very easy for the people on the inside to um, to throw away the people on the outside, to use them, but then to cut the deals. Through a delicate balance of brokering deals over who gets what power. How are we always in right relationship? And how are we, especially those of us that are white, or those of us that have power in institutions or maybe, how are we not continuing to center ourselves, but using our energies as accomplices to support the voices of the people who are on the front lines right now. I'm very nervous um, because I'm in the high-risk group for resisting arrest. Two minors are going to get arrested. Their parents will be in D.C. Our lawyer is down to support. The middle group got arrested and the two side groups didn't because the two side groups, when the cops came by and said, you can't do this, they said, okay, so sorry, pulled up the banners. The top group said, no, we're staying. And so they just stayed. And it's like, if they had said, oh, so sorry, they wouldn't have gotten arrested. You turn people on the streets and confront the whole city because we can, young people in Boston, can shut down the whole city. If I have a thousand young people, I can shut down four or five highways and this city is in shackles. That's just the truth. Because momentum has been like foundational for us at Sunrise. So no big deal, you know, just realized we needed to take over the entire United States <laughs> and all the institutions in it. Um, so I'm going to fast forward to when Sunrise launched. We're talking about some pretty intense things. How do we open up the doors to everyone, but also keep each other safe? You're going to do something that's super high risk. Don't talk to anybody about it. Don't put it on the phone. Don't put it on the emails. Don't put it in the text. It's face-to-face. You do it. You don't have to tell anybody. Don't, because we don't know who anybody is. The peaceful transition of power is crucial to the framework of our government, and they plan to disrupt that by taking advantage of a close or even contested election as a trigger point to inject their radical progressive policies by physically taking over the government, not just Washington, D.C., but actions will be led all across the United States, starting on election night, through Inauguration Day.
Despite these revelations, we still don't fully know the entirety of their plans. Over the next 48 hours, we will be releasing a treasure trove of documents, images, and video files from inside the Sunrise Movement and other related affinity leftist groups. You can find these materials at exposesunrise.com and sunriseexposed.com. Spreadsheets, internal documents, training manuals, PDFs spelling out their plans, images, and exclusive never-before-seen Zoom video chats. And you never know what new content might be populated on these websites, because we still have insiders within the Sunrise Movement and their affinity groups. You can support independent journalism by going to millennialmillie.com. Okay, let's see. So, Dolly, are you still with me? No. She fell out. She fell asleep. Dolly? No, I couldn't get my cursor over to the oh. mute button okay. and get my teeth in at the same time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you think of that? I think they're a bunch of blow mouse. All talk, no action. Especially when I heard the one woman say, do you think we could get killed? We'll just throw the idea out there, and and I'm going to stand back. I thought, well, it's bimbo. <laughs> I, I don't think they're, I don't think they carry through with any of it. I think like that one woman said, they'd stand back and watch it. But they're out there, yeah, yeah, yeah. All mouth. And uh, they aren't going to have a chance to get too close to uh, the White House because I did see briefly a map on TV uh, before Annette came in this, this afternoon. And it shows how they've got all these streets cordoned off around the White House and uh, and around that park. So they aren't going to get close to the White House at all. And uh, what else did I see that I thought? Oh, I saw one of the governors was already calling in the National Guard, so I figure. And Trump has alluded to the fact that there's going to be some pretty heavy protection out there, especially tonight. So I don't think that there will be too many people uh, rioting like like Antifa when they were rioting in the streets and they took over Seattle and I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of that maybe spattered here and there but I think uh, I think by them having already done this bad behavior, let's call it. It's a lot worse than that. Uh, I think the people who live in the areas where the Antifa group likes to swarm into pretty much have their uh, their cities protected. Their buildings are boarded and, and a lot of 
people have hired private security guards like uh, Gutfield, Greg Gutfield on The Five and other shows. He has a show of his own. He has hired private security because he was affected. He lives in New York and he was in the midst of all that crap. And it really terrified him. I feel bad for him because you can see he has PSTD, that P thing. And I really, really feel bad for him. Uh, And there's more people, private peoples, who have hired private security as well as the companies uh, have hired it too. So I really don't have a panic in me at all. I just don't. I I just know Trump's going to win. I mean, it's going to be, oh, Biden's got this over Trump and yada, yada, yada. Well, they, that's how they earn their money the news people trying to cause excitement and fear I I think it's a done deal but that's in Dolly world I don't know about y'all's world <laughs> well Joan had uh, is posted something in the chat that I, okay. I agree I'm with I'm done okay You're not hearing me are you hearing me oh, Nancy geez. are you on mute Yes, yes, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. It was just like, anyway. um, okay. So Joan is saying uh, in a comment on in chat, um, and it was uh, a good comment from the YouTube video eight hours ago. As a disabled vet with two combat tours, these communists have no idea what they think they are planning for. How many of them have combat experience? How many of them are honestly willing to die for what they think they believe in? I am not sure that even they know what they believe in at this point. How many of these enemies of America that appear in these Zoom videos will actually be on the front line when the killing starts? I am thinking if they are, it will be by accident. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) That, that's that's the feeling I had gotten about the whole thing. I saw an eight minute of it earlier in the day, and um, I'm going like, these people seem very much like amateurs. Yes. But you know, it was only eight minutes, so I was interested in seeing, um, you know, and they do. They have a lot of documents, and and uh, but it's. Um, I don't even know how to explain the feeling I got from these people. I'm sure that they're meaning well. Um, I, I don't think that... I think that everybody with all these various crazy ideas they may have, I don't think that they're necessarily evil doers. They just don't seem to have a, a real grasp of uh, reality. And I'm kind of seeing reality getting weirder and weirder. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, huh? I saw that a long time ago. Well, I know, but it's not almost a long time ago. But when I had that last dimensional thing happen to me, 
Uh, so that I've been living in a different world um, since then, and to see these people doing that, the, the things I think is they're so immature. They don't have their minds or hearts open to what the heck they're thinking they're supporting. They they don't understand it. I, like you said, they don't, I don't think they understand it all. And Sam Squatch said that um, I, I did feel a shift in energy after I voted. Did you? Oh, yes, you did. You started screaming and scared people. <laughs> I did. Poor lady. I scared her half out of her chair. That one lady. <laughs> well, last night, last night I went to, um, uh, well, of course, they did that time change thing that screws me up. You know, I don't know what what's up and down when they do that change of time. Yeah. But um, I did wake up at a very early, I mean, it was lonely. I'd only been asleep about two hours, whatever the time was. And I thought, well, that's strange. And then I'm going like, you know, what's happening? And then, I, oh, yeah, the election, the election. And then I woke up a couple more times before I actually, you know, it was time to get up. And um, when I when I sort of got, came, you know, into the world and I'm going like, okay, it's the election... And I'm just laying there trying to figure out, you know, what what's it feel like? And there was this real sense of, um, you know, he, he, this, okay. Um, so it, it was it was like, I felt like there was this calmness, you know? Yeah. That, and you said to me, I think, you haven't seen the news, or somebody said to me, you haven't seen the news. And no, I hadn't seen the news, but even when I started to, you know, think about, like, even this this video or, or any of the, the things that could be happening, um, there seems to be, like, almost like a knowingness with a good portion of the planet. I know that part of the plan is just going a little nutsola, but I think that, you know, the people that know have a real sense of knowing, a sense of being, yeah, we're okay, we're on the right path, you know? Yeah. So I hope to God the sky wins, for crying out loud. Shit. <laughs> I really have no doubt. I think if, I don't, I, I, I can't even make myself think anything else. Uh. Well, you know, I got to tell this story because this was just like one of those. Uh, okay, so I am following the. Everybody knows I follow the the rallies. Every time there's a rally, I turn it on, right side broadcasting network. It's the only place you know you're going to see the rally. Some of them, Fox, some of the NBC, they, they they hit and miss, you know. But these guys, they they're there for every one of them. Oh, I say, oh, Opalaka Airport. They said they were coming. He was coming to Miami, but then they said it was Opalaka Airport. Well, that's just five minutes to the west of me. I mean, five miles to the west of me. And I said, wow, I could just run right over there. I said, are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. And it turned <laughs> and out. I was thinking, well, he should. And then I thought, oh, traffic. 
uh, well, I yeah, they actually started to um, arrive there to go in there at six o'clock the previous day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, not six o'clock in the morning, the day of six o'clock the day before. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. To get to get in there, and um, so anyway, I was um, I was on the phone with uh, I think Mark. Uh, Joseph and I hear I hear an engine now I am technically in the pathway of if they're going to land in that airport they come right over my my house and when they take off very often they fly over the house Um, so I hear a plane and I'm going like ah could that be Air Force One you know and I looked at the clock and it was way too early for Air Force One it was supposed to land at, uh, at the half hour, and it was like, I don't know, it was just 17 after the hour, I think it was. It was weird. Anyway, so I kind of dismissed it. But then when I did get off the phone and get back to what I was doing, yeah, Air Force One was already down, and I didn't make the connection. I, you know, that uh, yeah, I probably did hear it. It was just one of those things, but the engine noise was in my head. And so at the end of the, the rally... Um, I turned, the sound wasn't on. I didn't have the sound on anymore. Um, oh, because they were, they shut down pretty, pretty quickly. Um, but anyway, I wasn't looking at, looking at anything. And I was working on the computer and I got up from the computer and I went into the kitchen. And as I'm walking into the kitchen, I hear this sound and I went, that's the same sound. And I walked straight through the kitchen, right out the back door, into my dark, <laughs> it was, you know, what, what, one or two in the morning, two o'clock in the morning or something. But it's all dark. But there's this only this one section of the sky where there isn't trees. And I walk out, and here is this plane, this huge plane that's filling up the, the sky between this tree. But it was banking. And so it was banking and therefore almost stationary in this particular position because now it's turning and it's going north. But as it made this bank, its belly got, you know, you could see the belly, underside of it, just enough where the full moon lit that sucker all up. I could see the blue on the bottom, you know, under the, the carriage of it and the blue tail, and it was like, oh, my God. You know, I mean that was that was a pretty amazing sight to see in such a very very. It had to be just perfect. The timing, me going out, everything perfect. And so I wrote about it on uh, in uh, Facebook, and I said, "So what do you suppose the odds are that I got gifted with that that visual?" You know, and I said, "Depends on which reality you're in." You know, because in the reality that I think that. You and I are in Dolly, at least, you know. Yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, we're at the, uh, actually, five minutes over, so I've been talking here. We've been talking. Um, let me see. I've got to figure out where that is. Uh, so we're going to take a little break here. Do you want a little break, or do you want to, are you going to just sit there, or what do you want to do? Yeah, I'm just going to sit here, do do whatever you feel like. <laughs> do whatever I feel like. Well, okay, let's do Shanghai. It's only three minutes. Mm-hmm. 
movement of the people is coming. It's never going to go away. And welcome back to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It is November 3rd, 2020. Whoops. Whoops. No, stop, stop, stop. Yep, yep, stop. It's 2020, um, and it's election night. And Dolly, I guess you're still here, yes? Hello, Dolly. I'll be here. All right. Has anybody been saying anything? I felt a shift when Trump won 2016 and relief. Yes. You know, that was, in 2016, we were doing, um, we'd start the show at 7 o'clock, and we went to 9. And we we later changed it, but that day, we were at 7 o'clock, and uh, Colleen, <laughs> Colleen Kelly was reading off, which, <laughs> you know, who was being yeah. declared and going on and on. And um, it was at the 8 o'clock break that there was this massive change, you know, uh, timeline change. I don't suspect that we would have a timeline change because I think we just want to stay on the one we're on. Yeah. You know, where, um, where Trump is getting it done. Yeah. I, I seriously have a lot of trouble figuring out why anybody would want what's being proposed by the Biden people compared to what Trump has brought them already. Unless they're just, I don't know, seeing a story that we don't see. I I really can't understand it. I just cannot understand them at all. Um, But the, the Democrats have come right out and said it. We're going to raise your taxes. You're not going to be able to afford them. You're going to be quarantined again. So you won't be able, you'll be prisoners and you'll have to wear your mask even to eat in California. Even to eat, they have to wear their mask. So evidently they're going to put little slits in their mask so they can get their food in their mouth. I don't know how they're going to do that. Um, 
and then it, it's just completely insane to me. Why would anyone want to vote for somebody who's serious saying that? And then, um, on on the plaque that they put on Biden's podiums, I noticed this yesterday. It says, plain and clear, all capitals, the word battle, little letters, for the all caps soul of the all caps nation. So if you read all the caps, it's battle soul nation. Battle for the soul of the nation. I've been saying this is spiritual war. And then they come right out and say, we're battling for your soul. And 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 on his airplane, I noticed it said something about the soul. Basically the same thing as I just read. They're coming out and saying it out loud. Why can't people see it and, and understand what they're reading and I don't know. Well, I, I figured it was the first thing that I'd seen that was truthful from the campaign, the Biden campaign. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it it goes back to that weird thing that they tell us is that the bad guys have to tell us what's happening before right. it, you know, they get the right to be able to screw us or something, you know, right. along those lines. So, yeah, they're right in, the, right in our faces, you know. Yes, yeah. it is for the soul of the nation. There you go. Are you and going that to be- means your soul, my soul, Annette's soul, Joan's soul, Aquarius's soul, Feather's soul, Infinite soul, um, Sam Squatch's soul. It's all everybody's soul they're trying to get for evil. Oh, dear God. I don't, I wish, I don't. I don't have words. You don't have words. Well, I mean, I don't even have an idea of what's happening. I mean, let me look over here. Florida, Trump. Oh, I can't. No, I can't do this because it's it's like. No, it's too early in the game. Biden. It is. is. I've been watching it. Uh, I see mostly uh, Republicans have the highest numbers, mostly. But there are places where the Democrats do have the higher numbers. Uh, But it's mostly what I'm seeing is the Democrats. I I mean the Republicans that have the highest numbers, which is what I anticipate. Uh, but I don't really think that it, it's. Uh, I think we're way too early to try to say, according to statistics, what it is. Well, plus, plus, you know, they used to have this thing. Well, I guess it is seven o'clock. Um, they used to have this this thing where you you couldn't. You couldn't announce the, what your numbers were early 
and they tried to get it so that they couldn't do it at all so that the California voters would say oh yeah you remember, I remember, you remember yeah. all that mm-hmm. um so i i i don't know what they're counting actually right now because it's just after seven o'clock so it's they pro- didn't want to sway people's votes in in later time zones right. by announcing what the earlier time zones results were right yeah right. and that brings me to because I'm, I'm looking at the, at the board, not the board, the t- TV, and they've got the blue for for Democrat and the red for Republic. But see, my mind still goes back to when the the Republicans were blue and the Democrats were red. Does anyone else out there remember that? In 2000 is when the colors were swapped. They changed the Republic because they were radical. They were rebellious. So they changed them to red. They, and the blue is supposed to be calming and, and that kind of crap stuff. And so I continuously get it mixed up because I remember they changed it in 2000 I remember the Republicans being blue uh, when when the Civil War was fought, fought the North was blue the Republicans were blue and and it just really confuses the hell out of me at times and I try so hard to remember I put I put little things in place R is Republican R is red so Republicans are red and that's how I remember who's what color sometimes <laughs> when <laughs> I can figure that out <laughs> <laughs> but I, it was a relief for me to find that when I was doing research. I just ran across it doing some other research. And uh, because I kept thinking, this is not right. Is something wrong with this? It isn't right. And then I saw that and I thought, oh, thank God. At least I remembered something right. <laughs> and it made me feel relief. I hate being wrong all the time. Yeah, well, here it is, a Smithsonian magazine. And it says, when Republicans were blue and Democrats were red. The era of color-coded political parties is more recent than you might think. So let's see what it says. And then, well, this is from 2012. And updated November 2nd, 2020. So I guess it's trending. Uh, anyway, yeah, but it doesn't say 20, when does it say? 2000? I'm not seeing that date. It was in October 76. They're talking about the maps. I don't know. 
But that, yeah, now, see, now now they're going to cancel me out here. I can't do anything because I have to sign up for this dang thing. Those, oh. Ad, those ad ones, you know. In 1980, yeah. CBS News used this color scheme for their presidential election coverage. Okay. It looks like purple and red. But then again, my screen has got red in it. Interesting. Republicans were blue and Democrats were red. I found it very interesting. And 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 why was the why did they make the change? Because the Republicans were they were turning radical and being rebellious against the Democrats. So the Democrats are the ones who changed it. And they just changed it. They didn't ask the Republicans, which kind of ticked the Republicans off, but they never did. The Republicans never did anything about it. I mean, if they're that pissed off, wouldn't you think they'd do something? They're they're just such do-nothingers. Once you elect them and send them to the Capitol building, they get, oh, hey, here's a nice, comfortable chair. I just sit here and nap while the person up there stands there and talks. And that's another thing. Oh, boy, my mind's kind of going everywhere. When I was in high school, we took our senior trip to uh, one of the places. was Washington, D.C. We went to the Capitol and sat up in the gallery, and we were listening to see what goes on in Congress. So we're sitting up there listening to some guy, and, and I looked at the guy next to me. I said, isn't isn't he reading a telephone book? And he said, yeah, he is. I did not understand that for nothing. That dude was standing there reading a telephone book to about ten people in the whole room. They weren't even sitting there. I learned later that was called a filibuster, so nobody else could talk. This guy was just taking up time reading the damn telephone book. That's what turned me sour to government in the first place. Personally seeing what a frickin' waste of money and time these beings were, are. Well, you know, the, the good news here is is that, you know, if everything goes, you know, super duper. And that was the other thing that the president started saying in the last couple of rallies is, you know, what if they hadn't have done that to me? What if they had just, you know, not put up that crazy ass story to try to, you know, delegitimize yes Um, (laughs) the election how far could we have gone you know and he was kind of really lamenting it and yet um, as as was brought out while I was watching something um, when he actually won in 16 he also had the house and that Ryan guy Paul Ryan remember that little Weird-looking person. Um, he just, you know, sort of like... I, I wasn't paying attention to the details, but apparently 
he, uh, you know, was disastrous for the president. He was probably a rhino, you know, Republican name only. Yeah. Um, but, so so the president is, and, and, and that last, last night when, when he it was, it was technically the sixth rally you get, it's, you know, sixth, the sixth one, um, but he, he he the last rally that he did in, in Grand Rapids, uh, which was the same in sixteen Grand Rapids was the last rally he did, and he did it after midnight, and he did it after midnight again, and he had his entire family was there. I don't believe Melania, Melania was, but the rest of the kids were most of them. Um. It was very interesting. That so, something something happened to 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 make him. I don't know, Dolly. Did you feel it? Like it was like, okay, this was maybe the last time I'll ever stand out in front of a crowd like this. I mean, it was. He really deeply appreciates the people. Oh, he he feeds off the people. Yeah, they they give him. He doesn't feed off. They give him energy. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that one where he had 250 people. It was oh like, it was like, uh, let me see if I can get through this without falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, really. He was leaning on the podium. and. <laughs> yeah. But, I think he spent more time with the crowd outside that weren't allowed to come in than he did with the people inside. You know, I wondered what was taking so long. I didn't realize that that's what he was doing. Yep. That was good of him. That was very good of him. It really was. But, but, but that, the, yesterday when he had the, the problem with the microphone, oh I mean, you, see, you gotta understand that one of the reasons we watch Trump is he he's an entertainer. And yeah. he's very good at it. He's a comedic en- entertainer, and he gets this 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 bummer uh, microphone that I guess they couldn't hear in the back. And and you're talking, you know, you're talking about the back being five blocks away, probably yeah. or more, you know. <laughs> at least, yeah. <laughs> and and then he finally gets. Uh, he realizes that's not working, so he goes and he gets another one that's sort of off to the side because he'll call people up and they're supposed to use that one, not the one that he uses. And he goes over and, is this one better? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. this one's better, okay. So he starts walking around with this thing, but he's got this attached to the, to the what you call it, the stand. So he's, he, he brings it over to the podium and he's going like, this just isn't working, you know? And so then he decides he's going to take it off. And you sure? You sure I have to use this one, right? Yeah, 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 not this one. That one, no, no, okay, okay, got it, all right. So he t- finally takes the thing off of there. And he's going like, this is heavy. This is really heavy, he says. And, you know, they think I can't even pick, put a water up to my lips and he goes That's off on the, on the yeah. <laughs> why he why he sometimes looks really weird when he's drinking water because he doesn't want to spill it on his expensive silk red tie. <laughs> he said, "I am a little cheap. I didn't want to admit that, but I am a little cheap." Okay, so so anyway, he he goes through this whole thing and he's got this thing and he says, "But you can see, you know, I'm going to have to you know do 90 minutes or another 
90 minutes, I guess, of, of, of holding this thing, you know, you're going to know that your president does not have Parkinson's. <laughs> right? And so then, then, then this guy comes up. Oh, this was one of the funniest routines I've ever seen. So this guy finally comes up about 10 minutes later. I mean, you know. We must have gone to the store and got another microphone. I don't know what he got. And he gets up there, and the president's going, you want to do what? Oh, oh, all right, you know. And, and so he starts to do this kind of like, okay, so we're going to, oh, all right, okay, I said, you know. And when the guy finally leaves, the president said, we're right back where we started the damn things back on the, on the base. <laughs> Hey. I'm not paying them. I'm, I'm not, not paying, paying them. I pay okay, I area. like this. I like this city. I'll pay it, you know. But oh yeah. my god, <laughs> I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss that guy. You know, he's got to go out and do some more uh, rallies just just to do the rallies, just for the just, entertainment. Yeah, just to entertain us, you know. <laughs> oh, that was one of the fun. That was so funny. <laughs> And it was, and, it, and it's like you people in the back do not have any idea of what just happened. But the people right here in front, you saw it, right? And they're going, "Yeah, we saw it." And they're rolling on the floor. They're laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, the poor guy that came up to help was just so befuddled with the president there yelling at him, "I'm not going to pay you." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm and he was I'm just a little guy, you know, just skinny and short, <laughs> just a little guy. Kind of nerdy, like a professor. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like a like you would picture a, a, a technic technical equipment type repairman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh my gosh, I laughed so hard at that. That was hysterical. I am gonna miss his. Uh, Rally speeches. <laughs> he could he could make money just being a comedian. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Somebody just posted a picture in chat. What is this? Liberty. There is Let's... an entire series here. The creator has a thick accent, but I think her predictions are pretty accurate. Yeah. I was talking to my dad today. Yeah. And for the first time I can ever remember, I was laughing so hard. He was grousing about, they took his keys away from him for the car. The doctor said they had to. He said, I can still drive. I can drive just fine. I said, Dad, you sound like an alcoholic. He started laughing. I said, alcoholics always think they can drive, too. <laughs> so I said, you don't want to hurt anybody or kill anybody, do you? No. I said, well, you really shouldn't be on the road. Well, well, and he just went on grousing about it. Then he got on, they have a a golf cart, and he was driving the golf cart around. At least he felt like he had some independence. He went out there this morning. The golf cart key was missing. <laughs> he says, they did that. They took that key away from me just so I couldn't drive the golf cart 
I said, okay. He said, they want me to buy a new one. They want me to buy one of my own. And that way, when I die, they can take the new one. <laughs> I'm sitting there trying not to laugh out loud. I, I said, well, Dad, I wouldn't have thought of that one. He said, well, that's what they're doing. I said, well, maybe they don't want you to ruin their one. They want you to buy one and ruin your own golf cart. (laughs) I'm telling you, I had a good time laughing with this dude today. And then I asked him, Dad, I I don't know if I want to ask you, but I'm kind of curious. Who did you vote for? Because he was telling me about the voting. (laughs) He just, he was in a mood today. They took him voting. So he had to wait a couple hours. Cindy walked him up to the front of the line where they let him sit in a chair and wait for Cindy and Mark to come up. And so um, they get up and Cindy helps him get registered and go vote. And he's going to vote for Biden. He said, they wouldn't let me vote for Biden. I had to vote for Trump. I said, Dad, were you really going to vote for Biden? He said, yeah. But Cindy's telling me that he's bad, that we shouldn't vote for him. I said, well, well, Dad, he, he kind of is bad, yes. Um, if you like the communist type of lifestyle, that'd be okay for you to vote for Biden. But I really think you'd prefer Trump. He's why well, I voted for Trump, because they told me I had to. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, thank you. <laughs> He had me laughing so hard the way he's explaining these things. And that's the first time I've ever laughed like that talking to my dad. Yeah, I'm rather stunned because you never talk. So are the kids. (laughs) Who changed, you or dad? Uh, I think I did because he was being himself. Um, I think I did. Uh, I really, I don't feel like, I don't feel like who I used to was. I just don't feel that way anymore. Uh, And I feel calmer. I was telling that, you know, I would have thought that I'd be all uptight and all worked up over this. But I really, I feel very peaceful inside. And I know in my heart of hearts that, Trump's going to win. I have no issues uh, about the election other than if they start farting around with it and they blatantly um, come out and say, oh, well, we found these these ballots with the holes punched in wrong and we're going to recount them. They were sitting in Jeb's closet. (laughs) I always said that the votes with the chads that were wrong and couldn't be counted. I always said they were hidden in boxes in Jeb's closet so that George would win. (laughs) Oh, but anyway, uh, I had a good time, and I think it's me who's changed because I can even tolerate my father's voice now. Uh, 
That was nice. It was a, a pretty decent conversation. Very awesome. And did, I mean, were the kids happy that you finally had come oh, to Oh, they were laughing. Russell sent me like ten, ten of those laugh faces with the tears coming down. Uh. <laughs> and Sherry was, she, well, I think, I don't know what Sherry said. They were just surprised. Even uh, Annette, she was sitting beside me and she was just, not when I talked to Dad when we were watching TV and talking with each other. Uh, let's see. Did Sherry say anything? Sherry says, oh, Sherry says, I wonder who he voted for. Because I explained it, but Sherry doesn't read everything I say. I had said that he voted for Trump. but So then she says, I wonder who he voted for. And she says, the last little defiant thing he could do is vote for Biden. <laughs> Russell says, doesn't that mean the election is over? <laughs> because Dad voted for Trump, not Biden. Well, that's it. They were, they were having fun at my expense. <laughs> I just, I just think it was pretty cool that, you know, he's gone and actually voted for Trump. How oh, many other people yeah. were forced into it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, he's one of those older people. He's 90-some years old. He was born in 24. What is he, nine? Is he 96? Jeez, oh, Pete, yeah. And so he's one of those older, older people. And he thought Biden was okay years ago. And, he, of course, he doesn't keep up with what's going on. And... uh I'm looking at Fox. They're saying Biden 32.6%, Trump 67.1%. I think that was, I don't know where it is. Oh, now they're starting to come in with numbers. Biden's ahead in this one, but I don't know what state. I don't have the volume on. I think <laughs> so it's Florida. He, oh, really? The different counties? Oh, yeah, there's a big picture of Florida back there with the counties on it. And look at all the red. <laughs> yeah, he took Florida. Uh, looks like he took Kentucky. Looks like he took West Virginia. Biden's got Virginia. And what's that little slip in, in between New York and... Maryland? Virginia? Yeah, West Virginia? I bet it's Maryland. I bet it's Maryland. What, are you, what channel are you watching? Fox. Bill Hammer's on right now with well, his map stuff. He makes me... He, I just get confused when he's doing his thing. I do, too. You. That's why I was saying I don't know what state. Now he's talking... Uh, what is that state? Georgia. Georgia. Fulton County, Georgia. Georgia. <clears throat> Fulton County. What's on Fulton County? 
Weed Brown and there's more in there. red than blue on the map. There's wow. I think he's going to take Georgia at this point. I'd say he. But you know what, what we got happening here is we got a horse race and uh, nobody can see the horses running. Yeah. <laughs> and you're and look, I'm going to hit it. Yeah, we're like we don't know what we're doing here. We depended on Walt to be here, and he and he and he didn't show up. And we were used to Colleen telling us things like this. I know, thrown to our own. Yeah, she's good at this. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, but no, no, I wouldn't. No, Mm-mm. if she, you remember, she hated him when he in sixteen. Gosh, only imagine what he, she could. <laughs> Oh, I think oh. she wasn't that why she left us that she thought we were crazy people because we were Trumpers. <laughs> that could be. I don't know. I think it she was influential. She still sends us pictures of the babies. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I felt bad for her that night because she was so happy, and then she was not so happy. And I honestly, I I didn't like the guy. I hadn't voted for him. You know, I mean, I, I had nothing. I, I didn't like Hillary, but I voted for Hillary because I was I was in dysfunction. I had Trump dysfunction. You know, he'd start talking, and I'd like, oh, oh, oh turn him off, turn him off. No, uh, uh, couldn't handle it. And then I made myself watch the uh, presidential election, the the uh, uh, what do you call it, the debates. And, you know, he came off kind of like a jerk in a lot of that. You know, every once in a while... He's got Virginia. Go ahead. North Carolina. He's got... North North Carolina. Yeah. Trump's got North Carolina? Yeah. See? Look. Oh. See? That's North Carolina with all... Oh. But that's only one county. That's one county? I thought it's a whole state with the different counties in it. See all the blue no, and the red? it says Rutherford County, North Carolina at the top. No, no. Look at the, look at the shape of the state. And then they've got all those little white lines in it. Those are the counties. Well, I know that. I'm looking oh. at the, the banner at the top that says Rutherford County. So you think that's what he's talking about? I think those are county numbers. Oh, you know what? 2016 presidential. <laughs> oh, for crying out Those loud. letters were way too big. <laughs> so that was in 2016. <laughs> yeah, come here and get your updates on the election. If we ever figure out what it says. <laughs> <laughs> At least we're having fun. Well, it says Kentucky, and there's a check mark with red for uh, Trump. For Let's Trump. see, these are these. That says 2020, Ohio, 88 percent is in Ohio. Hundred percent. That was 2016. See, now they got oh, Obama and Romney. What the hell do we care about Obama and Romney? Oh, now we got back to 16. Oh, no, listen, I'm, I'm not going to watch that anymore. No. I'm, get, I'm getting very He's confused. He's just confusing us. 
He's. No. I think he's been at this way too long. I can't wait for him to take a break. <laughs> he's a Fox commentator who has been playing with these different maps for well quite a while now, and it really is crazy. I switched to OAN to see if I could understand them anymore. I can't understand them any more than I could uh, Fox. Oh, good heavens. And they're showing the code. They got the letter in the colors. You know, it's going to be sort of like Christmas Eve, you know, where you're pretty sure that you, you were a good person, a good kid you know, during the year. But you're never really absolutely positively certain until you see your gift that Santa left you. Yeah. You know, so you have to be up all night waiting, 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 waiting. waiting. I'm not staying up all night. Just to see. I know. (laughs) Not staying up all night, Nancy. No, you were lucky. I was up last night when you texted me. McConnell one in Kentucky. Oh well, that's good. That's, Are you sure? It's just called. Just called. Senate. Just called. Yes. Okay. All right. Just called. Thankfully. We know something for sure, y'all. McConnell one in Kentucky. And if you don't know he, who he is, he's the head of the Senate. He's the Republican who is in charge of the Senate right now. But you see, if they lose too many senators from the Republican side, then he loses his job, and Schumer gets the position. Don't Schumer. say that. Don't even put that out to you. Okay, first. not putting it out there. Okay. <clears throat> that would be that would be bad for everybody living. <laughs> so I guess the point here is that I'm supposed to look for. Check marks that say, oh, there's one, Kentucky. Oh, we've already done that. Trump. Oh, Trump got it. Oh, Trump got Kentucky, according to this check mark. Right. Well, yeah, he's got 63.4% good to Biden's 31. There's no check marks there, so we don't know who won there. Right. New Hampshire, we don't know who won there. No check marks. Looks like going toward Biden. Ohio. Looks like it's going toward Biden, sixty-eight point five to thirty point four. Well, that can't be right because because he's he had he had he was way ahead even in the polls. <laughs> Trump was no Trump was in Ohio. Oh. Well, there was only eight percent in. That's the thing oh. is that you know it depends on what's coming in at, at what time. I mean, see, this is very complicated. You have to figure out well how much is. Co- I mean, so so you just you know go have a. A cocktail, a metaphysical martini from Aniavadizia, and sit back and go to sleep and wake up in the morning and find out that, well, we still don't know who won, but it looks like this. <laughs> There'll be a lot more check marks anyway. <laughs> yeah. I had to take my teeth out. I'm sorry. I was going to throw up. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> Sometimes I just can't wear them anymore. Good to know. <sighs> just so you know why I'm talking like I'm talking. Okay. It's me, without my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Okay, so... So what time is... Oh. We've still got 12 minutes or something here. Oh! There's one. No, we don't want to look at one. No. I can't handle him. Just as, do you all watch Fox? Have you ever watched Fox and you watch the the program they call The Five? It's on it. Five o'clock, <clears throat> but it has a panel of people. There's usually most all the panel except for one is Republican. They're like Nancy and me. They're radical Republicans. <laughs> they're red because they're radical Republicans. <laughs> but uh, Juan, oh my gosh, he says things. He's very much Democrat, and he's the farest left as you can get. And he says things that come out his mouth, words, and honestly, I cannot believe that he believes what comes out of his mouth. I swear they're paying him to say things like that. Uh, I can't listen to him. <coughs> He denies things that are right in front of our eyes. Like he says, for instance, uh, the, the the Biden's son. Where's Hunter? He says the Hunter computer <clears throat> is not true. It hasn't been proven. It's not true. Well, according to what we see... It is true, it's been proven to be true by the the three-letter organizations. So, it's, it's like, like when Schumer says, not Schumer, Bulgai. Yeah, Shift. Shift. Yeah, when Shift says, he just came out and said it a couple of weeks ago. Oh, Russia. It's Russia. I'm thinking, what the... Mm, what the... You know what? <clears throat> Not Russia again. Russia was proven to be the Democrats. We're involved in Russia. But but Schiff is saying that the Republicans... It's the Republicans with Russia. And so Juan comes up with this kind of stuff, too. Well, you know that Trump is, was involved with the Russians. And they, the other people like Greg and Jesse, and, uh, they go off on Juan. What do you mean? What are you talking? It's been proven. Juan says, oh, no. No one has it. So... When Juan comes on, all this to get to the point I'm trying to tell you. When Juan gets on, <laughs> I mute him. Sometimes I just can't take him so much that I change your channel. <laughs> and I flip it back on in like five minutes later to see if he's finally off. And then they have this Donna Brazil. That's how I remember her last name. Donna Brazil. She is like Juan. She's a Juan. So I have to do the same 
Same thing with her. I have to mute her or I have to change the channel sometimes too. <laughs> it's just, I don't get myself really upset like I would have. I just learned, okay, time to change the channel. <laughs> and I do that rather than wind myself up. But I still haven't figured out, are these people, are they being paid to say that silly stuff? Or is it real? That's what I'm trying to figure out with them. It's just, I haven't figured it out. Nancy says it's real. That, that Juan really believes what he says. I do think he does believe it. It sounds to me like he does anyway. But, you know, I mean, it, we just don't know what's going to happen here. The tape that we played earlier in the show, uh, I, the reason that, that I'm glad I played it was because it just goes to show you that there are people out there that uh, really, really do want to take everything down, are so organized they can do a Zoom thingy but they're um to me these are the amateurs these are the ones that oh they may think they're that they've got it all in control and that they know what they're doing but my feeling is is these are the people that are used by the people that are behind them and it's those people behind them that are the scary ones and I just don't think that those people are, um, they certainly won't be able to do too much initially if there's a just an amazing Trump, you know, slide, the red wave as he calls it, because there's just, you know, well, you know, yes, we, we could throw it if it was a few thousand, but it's tens of thousands of votes. We can't throw it that big. So we're just going to wait and see what happens, and... Um, I mean, too many people out there that I really respect just believe that Trump is going to um, to win and get on with this. I mean, God, what, what, it would just be awful because he's doing so many good things. And yes, I could argue, I could argue in so many ways that um, everything you, that, okay, earlier we had um, a call to action up and they were talking about you know, the vaccine, I shouldn't say it, but those those things, you know, that they put in your arm, um, carrying the um, the mark of the beast because of a patent that happens to have, you know, 666 in, in, in it, um, that is to make it so that everybody knows whether or not you've taken their medicine that's got nanotech that's going to tie you in with currency, bitcoins, and that sort of thing. I mean, really crazy, crazy, crazy stuff that's probably true. However, we don't have to go there. That's not us, you know. We we have another option, and that option is to believe that there are really good people that know the same dang things that we know. And, you know, the president, uh, what did he do? He came out with a couple of things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey. Did you know that American doctors get paid more if they declare that it's COVID instead of maybe that it's a common uh, flu? 
He, he, he said, said that? Oh, I yeah. Oh, it. he came out. They went all over him. All over oh, him. Oh, so I'm listening from, from, from rally to oh. rally, right? And he kind of, you kind yeah. of feel like he sets them up for, you know, the next rally. And so I hear him say this, and I go, and like, I can't believe he just said that, you know? And sure enough, by the second, the next rally, he's going like, wow, they took that one. Oh, my God, they're all crazy now, you know, because he, he says, he says they, don't, they're not, they really think that, you know, that this isn't true. Well, I'm going to say it again. He says it again. <laughs> you know, people, doctors make money on the COVID. And sure enough, you know, the next time the, the regular news comes up, oh, they're talking about the fact that he said this, and isn't he crazy? And of course, he's true. So, um, and you said that Fauci had been fired. You heard that? Yeah, that's what I heard on OAN. <laughs> I heard it twice because I didn't believe it the first time I heard. It, I thought, oh, I didn't hear that right. And then I heard it again, and I thought, well, hot damn! Why did he wait so long? What? Why? Well, I I, I heard Fauci came out and said something that was like. Oh, you know, uh, we're not going to have, nobody, no, no vaccinations, no, this is going to go way deep into next year, you know, 21. And um, I think that, I wondered at the time, is he saying this because he's already been fired, or is he saying this because he's about to get fired, or, you know, why would he come out and say this the way he said it, too? Oh, and he mm. also put down Scott, uh, Scott Adams, Dr. Scott Adams. You know, oh, this guy, he, he, he's not, he's not uh, one of us. Well, when was the last time you went, were with a patient, sir, doctor, about you? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. just really babbling crapola. So I please. did hear that, and I was wondering, well, is it because that guy isn't in on the scam for the, for the uh, thing that uh, supposedly was going to fix the vaccine that uh, Fauci and that other bad guy Gates yeah Gates were, were putting out I bet he was going against them and that's why they were bad mouthing him I don't know I don't know what they're doing they're all a little crazy but listen everybody <laughs> we're going to end the show here um and I just really am sorry that Walt didn't get here. We could have had a, a good time. Well, we, we, we have a good time, myself and, and Dolly, and you guys. And thank you. Is there anything else in chat that I might not have seen that I should have answered? Life Force Meetings, Speak Project. Um. <clears throat> I'm not that curious, Annika, but thank you for the information. What I like here, really? I, I like this, you know, Fernando. Like my dad would say, let the wind blow. <laughs> I love <Yeah>. his dad. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. <clears throat> be, <clears throat> excuse me. Be safe, and we'll see you next time, whatever next time happens to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hang in there, folks. <laughs> yeah. We're well, all I, together in this one. Yep, yep. It'll be fine. From Dolly World, I'm saying bye-bye. It's going to be fine. Be safe, everybody. This is an edit of this Cosmic Reality Chronicle show. An update on George Floyd's death in May 25th, 2020. 
It resulted in nationwide protests that were mostly peaceful, in quotes, with more than 19 people dead and $2 billion in damages nationally. It is unlikely we can compute the effects this lie had on the 2020 elections, but Tucker Carlson released this update on October 20th, 2023. Thought you would find it interesting. Now that we know that Ukraine is not actually winning the war against Russia, it could be time to revisit some of the other slogans we've been assured are true and ordered to repeat. Are they in fact true? Did, for example, a racist white cop actually murder a man called George Floyd, a civil rights leader, in Minneapolis on Memorial Day of 2020? Now, we've been told that that happened, told it relentlessly for more than three years. So at this point, we've been told it so much that pretty much everybody seems to believe it. And because everyone does kind of believe it, a small group of people has been allowed to make massive changes to American society. They include, but are not limited to, decriminalizing stealing, defunding the police, adding a new federal holiday to the calendar called Juneteenth, the ceasing of hiring all white men in corporate America, and of course, significantly, they also sent a cop called Derek Chauvin to prison for more than 40 years. He would be the racist white devil who murdered George Floyd. But the question is, did he actually murder George Floyd? And the answer is, well, no, he didn't murder George Floyd. And we're not guessing about that. We know it conclusively, thanks to a new court case now underway in Hennepin County, Minnesota. The case was brought by a prosecutor there called Amy Sweezy. She's suing her boss. So the case is not actually about George Floyd or Derek Chauvin, but it tells you an awful lot about both of them. In her deposition, which you should read, Amy Sweezy describes a conversation that she had with the county medical examiner, Andrew Baker, right after George Floyd died. Quote, I called Dr. Baker early that morning to tell him about the case and to ask him if he would perform the autopsy on Mr. Floyd. Sweezy recalls all this under oath in the deposition. Quote, he called me later in the day on that Tuesday, and he told me that there were no medical findings that showed any injury to the vital structures of Mr. Floyd's neck. There were no medical indications of asphyxia or strangulation. Oh. In other words, George Floyd, according to the official autopsy, was not murdered. He died instead of what we used to call natural causes, which in his case would include decades of drug use, as well as the fatal concentration of fentanyl that was in his system on his final day. So this was not a killing. It was yet another narcotics OD in a country that courts more than 100,000 of them every year. The medical examiner clearly understood that and in fact articulated it. And Sweezy explains. He said to me, she recalls in the deposition, Amy, what happens when the actual evidence doesn't match up with the public narrative that everyone's already decided on? And then he said, quote, this is the kind of case that ends careers. In other words, Everyone lied about it from the very beginning. The people who knew the truth hid the truth and allowed the revolution to proceed. Now they've been exposed. Now we know the truth. What happens next? Well, they're going to ignore it. The Biden administration just issued a long purple statement celebrating George Floyd's birthday. He's a martyr. Despite the fact we know that he was not murdered. And by the way, Derek Chauvin is still languishing in jail for the rest of his life. So how do we respond to this? How do we respond to the truth once we have it? Well, Vince Everett Ellison seemed like a good man to ask. He's the author of Crime, Inc. He joins us now. Vince, thanks so much for coming on. 
So as with so many other stories, the oh, origin thanks for having me, Tucker. of COVID, oh, it's, it's a blessing to have you. Um, we now know what actually happened, but the question then is, what do you do with that knowledge? We know that the U.S. government, Tony Fauci, worked with the Chinese to create the virus that overturned the American economy. But like, what do we do with that knowledge? What do we do with the knowledge that George Floyd was not actually strangled to death by a cop? We have to acknowledge the people that gave it to us and why. See, George Floyd is the Democratic Party's prototypical black man. These are the black men they are trying to create. So George Floyd has to be elevated. He has to be celebrated. He's perfect to them. He was poor. He was uneducated. He was a drug addict. He didn't have a job. He was, he was uh, uh, down there begging and, and, and crying and asking the white people to not kill him. To a Democrat, to a white Democrat, this is the perfect black man. So he has to be elevated. Look, not a, a few days ago, uh, Kamala Harris and uh, Joe Biden celebrated hip hop music. That's a music genre that calls the black man the N word, calls women the W word and the B word, uh, talks about misogyny, shooting police, um, uh, uh, smoking dope, selling dope, fighting, killing, acting a fool. They celebrated this genre. Why? Because this is how they see black America. They see us the same way they see George Floyd. And they have to make more of us because everywhere they rule, you know, John F. Kennedy stood in front of the um, uh, Berlin Wall in the 60s and said, if you think that communism is great, let them come to Berlin. Well, if you think that the Democratic Party is great, let them come to Detroit. Let them come to Chicago. Let them come to St. Louis. Let them come to L.A., Portland, Seattle, Memphis. Anywhere where they rule, you will see George Floyd's all over the place. And they're proud of them. In Baltimore, Maryland. They spend $21,000 per child for, for, for every child up there in, in, inside the school district. Not one school is proficient in math, science, or reading. But they keep it going every year. Why? Because they're producing George Floyd. Why would you want more people like that? Because he votes for the Democrat Party. And then he teaches his children to vote for the Democrat Party. Uh, and then these white Democrats can feel superior to him. Yeah. He can be controlled by them. Just like, think about the old slave plantation, Tucker, back in the day. How they wanted their slaves to act. Subservient, obedient, ignorant, you know, uh, uh, doing what he was told. Not asking any questions. Uh, having a slave mind. Being dependent on them. This is how they want black men to be in America. This is how they want the whole black community to be. This is why... Uh, it started in the Civil Rights Movement when Martin Luther King Jr. in his I Have a Green speech said, 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Negro is still not free. He said five times in that speech that we were not free. It turned the Declaration of Independence on its head because in our Declaration of Independence it said that our freedom was an unalienable right given us by God. John Locke in his Second Treatise of Government said that an unalienable right is a right given from God. It is irrevocable, non-transferable, and, 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 and unsellable. The government cannot touch it. It supersedes law. It supersedes the Constitution. However, King said that we was coming to government and to the white man for our right to be free. Even at the end of the speech, he said, on some certain day, we'll be free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we're free at last. He said in that speech, when will we be satisfied? He said, we will never be satisfied. Until justice rolls down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. That's a fancy way of saying never. Vince Everett Ellison, Bible in the 38. It's great to see you today. Thank you very much.
Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart.